Okay, is everybody in? Everybody is in. Hi, good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to the HR committee meeting. And I just wanted to let the public know that this will be my last HR committee meeting. Uh, we only meet quarterly and I, my term with the Board of Trustees will be ending in December of this year. So for those of you from the public, if you have any comments today, uh, we welcome them. And then is there any public comments? I have none. Okay. All right. So I encourage people to continue to work with Lorna and her staff if there's any HR issues that need to be addressed. And in the meantime, thank you for uh, allowing me to serve the county. And I had a good time actually, <laughs> you know, despite the challenges of two and a half years ago. But um, I can say that we are in a much better place uh, since when I first started. But anyway, welcome. So uh, do I have a motion to approve the minutes from July? Trustee Blue, if we may get a roll call first. Oh, I'm sorry. No way. Go for it, Rona. Trustee Banerjee. Here. Trustee Blue. Here. Trustee Chapman. Here. Trustee Esteen. Here. Trustee Jensen. Here. We do have a quorum. Yay. Okay. All right. Do I hear a motion to approve the minutes? So moved. Is there a second? I'll second. Okay. Uh, roll call, please. All right. Uh, Trustee Banerjee. Aye. Trustee Blue. Aye. Trustee Chapman. Aye. Trustee Esteen. Aye. Trustee Jensen. Aye. The motion passes. All right. Thank you. Uh, so the first thing on the agenda is a discussion, informational discussion on the HR dashboard and operational learning and effectiveness. And so I'm going to turn that over to our HR director, uh, Lorna Jones. And I, is Lynn, is Lynn on? Yes. Okay. And Lynn, uh, Lynn Velasquez, who is uh, VP of Human Resources. Good evening. And I'm sorry to see you leave, Trustee Blue. A pleasure to work with you. Oh, it's been great working with you guys. Thank you. Um, I'll go over the uh, HR dashboard, uh, the time to fill. Uh, it did go down uh, from the previous uh, fourth, uh, fourth quarter in Q1 and went down to 64.93 days, a difference of almost 3%. Uh, we did have some vacancies on the recruitment team. Uh, we did add a recruiter uh, in September. Uh, and I did make some uh, changes uh, to the team. So hopefully uh, we will uh, even out the workload. Uh, but uh, despite that, uh, we did uh, fill some very key roles uh, for the organization during this time. We filled uh, positions 
in terms of psychiatry, psychologist, dentist, um, executives, we fill, fill four and two director positions, and we fill five managerial positions in this first quarter. Uh, it's still a uh, uncertain market. I think the uh, unemployment rate when I last checked it uh, earlier this week is still at 3.2. I'm still watching the inflation uh, to see how it is uh, going to affect uh, the labor market. Uh, as you may have heard, like Microsoft, I think is laying off about a thousand of their employees. In some of the healthcare sector, uh, there's been some hiring freezes uh, that I'm I'm uh, aware of. Uh, so it's it's kind of shifting, uh, but it's still a strong candidate market. For the time to onboard, uh, it's still high at 39.95 days. However, we have filled uh, many requisitions. 475 requisitions were filled uh, during this first quarter. Any questions on this slide? Okay, next slide, please. Uh, and looking at our residents of Alameda, uh, this is pretty much, uh, you know, we have sustained the same number. Uh, we have actually increased it from 56% uh, to 61%. Uh, and for workers' compensation, uh, it actually went uh, down from 4.9% to 3.44. Uh, and for the number of workers' comp injuries, it went down from 80 to 77. And the um, organization continues to work on their injury illness prevention programs uh, by implementing uh, some key uh, safety programs within, I think, safe patient handling uh, within the nursing uh, departments. Are there any questions on this slide? Okay, next slide, please. And I'll hand it over to Karen uh, Skillman to talk about turnover. Karen? I was muted. I apologize. Have too many things going on on my screen. Uh, my name is Karen Skill and I'm the manager of the HIS department. And I've been on a couple of these calls. So nice to see you all. Um, I'm going to talk about the turnover. Um, if I can get my dashboard back to where it should be. There we go. Um, the biggest change with our turnover numbers is that we reevaluated and we changed our target to 17%. Uh, we did it for this fiscal year going forward. Um, our previous goal was 11.09, um, and the last couple of years, that just hasn't been something that we've been close to reaching. Uh, there's been a lot of, of turnover, um, and we have you know, uh, presented this to the leaders at the organization that there will always be turnover, but you know, we want to make sure that we keep it uh, under control and find out why people are leaving. Um, so the top section of this uh, report is about system turnover. Um, and so it, it uh, stayed pretty close to the same. It was 13.73% last quarter. It's 13.71. Um, the number of terminations stayed pretty steady at 176. Um, one of the things we are concentrating is on first and second year terminations, which is the, the number of people that have left and they've left in their first year of employment. And so we are targeting that as something to continue to work on. 
Um, and we had 62 first year terminations and 26 second year terminations. So we, uh, those are the first year terminations are a little high. Um, so we are working on trying to uh, reduce that. Uh, we have a lot of people leaving for retirement um, as well as resigning and going other places. Now the bottom section of the screen is about nursing turnover. Um, and those numbers did increase a little, but uh, a, a small number of terminations can really you know, change that percentage. So we went from 50 terminations in the nursing uh, last quarter to 56 this quarter. Uh, so our annualized percentage went from 13.76 to 15.24. Uh, our first year turnover is very high, 42%. Um, so 21 of the 56 nursing terms left in their first year. Uh, and so we are trying to work on uh, reducing first year turnover. Karen, I don't know if this is coming in a subsequent slide, but how does this compare to other years? Because we know we're dealing with burnout and COVID and all that. Is this uh, far Well, I think I, I think it's pretty close to what it's been in other years, uh, in the previous years. During uh, fourth quarter last year, um, which involved uh, December, we had really high terminations. Um, so I guess that was the previous quarter. When we hit December 31st, we had the highest number of terminations we've had in a long time. Um, yeah. And so that was pretty shocking. And they were a lot of first year terms. Um, so now we are seeing the number stabilized. They've gone down a bit. Um, we did have first year turnover at 40, 42 or 49% um, <clears throat> previous that just the quarter that ended in December. So the numbers are sort of calming down a little bit um, and they are closer to our goal. Uh, they're closer to our goal because we adjusted our goal. Uh, but the goal is what, it, what we've found to be a more standard. Um, and a lot of other organizations have had the same turnover issues that we have. Karen, this is Kim Kinney. Uh, you, uh, the system wants a similar, the nursing ones, like you said, are uh, much higher this year uh, as a percentage. But when you said we are trying things, I wanted to know what 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 are some examples of things you're trying to reduce turnover? Well, I think a lot of it's further down in this presentation. Uh, okay. The Olay team, uh, which is in HR, is doing a lot of things to try to retain employees, uh, to try to make them um, you know, happy with the organization and stay. Uh, and there's a lot of new programs that have been launched, tuition reimbursement, uh, mentorship programs. Uh, I can't remember them all, but they're in the following presentation. And so it's, it's trying to uh, make leaders aware of the turnover in their area. Um, we had a leadership academy uh, skill lab this morning, and we just talked again about making sure you're, um, that you're hiring the right people on uh, that you make sure that they know what's expected of them when they're getting hired and that you make sure that they uh, know what your expectations are and you don't just take the, the warm body that you really try to make sure that this is a fit so that we as an organization are not having people leave within the, the probationary period uh, because they're not a good fit or they're leaving because they don't feel the organization is a good fit for them. So we want to make sure leaders are, are aware, um, you know, and, and painting a correct picture of the organization when they're hiring new, new employees. Um, there's also a whole process that we want our managers to check in um, when the new hire has been here for 30 days, 
for 60 days and for 90 days. And so we have an exercise we worked through with our new leaders um, about ways to welcome their employees and stay in touch with them and make sure that they have what they need to, you know, keep their employment going. Um, and to hear if they have a an issue that maybe you can resolve before the employee just leaves, you know. Um, so those are our 30, 60, 90 day reminders going to leaders um, at those increments um, through our passport to performance system. It sends notifications out to the managers that, hey, Lynn's been here for 30 days. Can you believe it? Like, go talk to her and here's some things you can talk about. Uh, and I believe the OLA department is also now surveying the new, new employees at those same intervals at, with a survey and getting information back. Um, and one of, the, one of the big questions is, has your manager reached out to you? Have you had conversations with them? Um, so trying to make the employees welcome um, and feel that that there's a belonging, you know, a culture of belonging here for them. Um, and, and some of the other programs that are further down in the slide are, are being used to help with that. Thank you. And I'm sure uh, the exit interviews, uh, as as much as people are doing, will also give you some rich data about why. They are. And that uh, if there's no other questions on here, I'm going to go to the next slide, which is about the exit interview data. I do have a question yes. about the source of these new hires and you know if uh, we've had so many travelers i wonder how many of these people are experienced nurses and according to how many years of experience and how many of these folks are travelers you know the, the sometimes that can help us understand patterns and trends so and a lot of, of times we look at the outflow but the inflow may also be relevant right uh i think lynn could probably answer that a little bit better but i do want to mention that this data does not include travelers. So while we do have travelers within the organization, we don't hire them as employees. Mm -hmm. They are considered contractors. They are working in the in the units and stuff, but our data does not include contractors because we're only tracking employees. Um, so maybe Lynn, uh, mm -hmm. do you have some answers that you can enlighten? Uh, yes, uh, this data does not include travelers uh, at all. We just only track uh, the employees who actually are hired as employees and they go out as employees. And they are hired based on their education and experience. Uh, and depending on the MOU, as you know, they are placed uh, at the appropriate grade. So I think that uh, for, for me, as I talk to the um, uh, leadership today on the HR skill labs, um, one of the things I emphasized is that uh, for the first year, it's really critical that we create a, a welcoming community. And that takes all of the employees within that particular department to be welcoming. It's not just on the manager, correct? Uh, and that we have a buddy system in place uh, for that person, that they have a go-to person um, that they can ask questions of. Uh, and that the, the plan that we have outlined for the managers, the 30, 60, 90 days, really needs to be followed so that there are touch points uh, with that new employee. Uh, when we look at the raw data uh, for the exit interview, I just feel like there are, in some departments, not all, uh, that the employees are kind of forgotten about, that they're just kind of languishing out there. Uh, mm -hmm. And that could be prevented. Uh, and some of the probationary issues that uh, are uh, resulting in termination, I feel can also be prevented uh, if we just 
I think, put enough effort yeah. into um, helping them and supporting them uh, to uh, uh, make sure that they have all of the um, uh, support that they need uh, and checking in with them uh, frequently. I think that that can be uh, reduced over time. So <clears throat> this is Louisa. So in terms of the buddy system that you have, do you think overall that's made an improvement in decreasing the number of resignations? Um, you know, I, I'm hoping that it does. As I look at the first year quarter and, and the fact that we changed our metric from 11.09 to 17%, uh, it's still almost like a, a, a push, right? It's, it's almost equal. Um, and I think that what we'll have to do once we have the uh, business intelligence report done for the exit interview, and we marry it up with the business intelligence, intelligence report for the turnover, and we actually start analyzing it and drilling down into those departments that we have identified that really need the help. I think then we will start to mitigate some of these issues here. But well, I'm glad you. Get, but but until we get to that point, uh, Trustee mm -hmm. Blue, I think that we are just uh, really um, depending on uh, the the managers uh, to do this uh, like a buddy system. That was one of our strategies that we deployed last year. It was mm -hmm. a soft touch uh, in my view, uh, but I think when you're working with data, that is very telling, is it not? When you work yes. with data and you can really drill down into those departments to figure out you know, what is really going on there. And that will be a partner with the labor relations department and also with the HRB, uh, with the HR business partner to really kind of help those managers to discern you know, what is really going on in their department and what can we do in terms of mitigation strategies to uh, reduce uh, the, the number of attrition uh, within their departments? Um, it might come up in a later slide, but is short staffing one of the top reasons that um, nurses are resigning? Um, I, you know, based on some of the um, professional uh, journals that I have read, I think. Part of it is the COVID. Um, part of mm -hmm. it is burnout uh, in the uh, nursing uh, profession and also the uh, physician profession and advanced uh, uh, professional practitioners uh, where they are, uh, even though the, the nurses had opted to go into travelers, let's say, they thought that was very lucrative. So they went and they, they were a traveler. Now they're so burnt out, they're saying, I don't even want to go back to nursing anymore. And so mm -hmm. they're kind of hanging up uh, their, um, their nursing gear, so to speak, and they're doing something different or they're retiring altogether if they can. So I think that this is something that we need to grapple with and uh, probably need to come up with some other kind of fringe benefits uh, to, I think, entice people back into the profession. Uh, and from, I think, from a uh, collective bargaining agreement is to maybe look at the scheduling piece because that is a common theme that you will find 
threaded throughout the exit interview is that, you know, it, they're, they're leaving because of the schedule. Uh, and so I think we need to do a deeper dive with that with our union partners to find out if there's something different that we can do in the future. Any other questions before they move on? All right. Okay, this is just a print screen of our newest dashboard that we're working <clears throat> on with our business intelligence uh, partners in IT. Um, this is not launched yet, but this is using the exit interview data that we are getting from our vendor. Um, and it will provide information on why people are leaving um, and how they rate the organization. There's several tabs that provide different charts. I only took a picture of this first one. Um, they all look pre pretty similar, but they are all answering different questions in the exit interview. So one of the questions is reason for leaving and they are indicating they're looking for a work-life balance. That's actually 20% or 20 of our um, 176 interviews. So this dashboard over in the left, you can put the time period yourself. Uh, you would, it, I did from the beginning of 2022 to current, um, and we had 176 interviews that got handled during that time period. Um, and on um, the average years employed of the people that were leaving and, and participated in the exit interview was four and a half years or 4.6 years. And then these are the different reasons that they provided their, the exit interview company listens to the, the employee says and then puts their answer into different categories. And they use those categories because they bench they benchmark it against other companies within the industry. So they they were not allowed to create our own categories uh, that we need to continue to use the categories that the vendor uses because they provide reports that uh, compare our data against other health um, agencies. Um, but so work-life balance has become a big one. Mm -hmm. um, career planning, um, which is one of the reasons I believe we've done some work in the Olay department with growth space and mentoring um, and tuition reimbursement so that employees can um, get the skills they need to advance into leadership or into other positions within the organization. So I think we are trying to you know, help with that. We've seen in the exit interview that some people have said that there's nowhere to go, there's no growth opportunities. And so I think we're trying to, to help fix that um, to, to help people stay and, and, and have those growth opportunities. So um, there's people that have left because of management, uh, relocation, um, and this is probably the first time we haven't seen retirement on this chart. I'm, I'm kind of surprised. Um, the bottom one is organizational ratings. So they are also asked to rate the organization. Um, and the, we have good and very good and excellent. And uh, I think the good and very good are over 50%. Uh, so that is, that is nice to see. Um, and the chart down the left, the, the different color uh, blocks, that's just visualizing that rating of, of their job, how much they like their job, if it's excellent or very good. And then down the left, we have filters. Um, so once we uh, roll out this dashboard, uh, leaders will be able to look and just look at their own department, or they can look at it by a grouping of departments or all of Highland. Um, and so we've made all these dashboards so that there's a little bit interactive and that you can isolate your own department or your specific um, group of departments. Uh, Lorna can run it just for HR. 
Uh, even though we have multiple departments, she can pull them all together um, and the data will change based on uh, what filters are put in. Um, there's a lot of comments that come in um, on the exit interviews uh, that are um, interesting to say the least. And they are, uh, we're able to drill down into those um, for, uh, we want the HR business partners though to work with managers. So we don't want a manager just to be able to go in the system and read all about you know, the employees that complained about ex-manager. Um, so we don't want to call managers out on this platform, but we do have the um, comments available and an HR business partner or someone in HR or labor relations can sit down with that manager and show them the actual comments. But uh, we have a confidential version of the dashboard and then we have the non-confidential version that does not allow uh, leaders to drill into the actual comments. Um, and we're just trying to, uh, keep them a little bit more confidential, but, but we're definitely willing to share them with each leader, um, but just in a more private setting. Any questions? And when will this launch officially? Oh, we're hoping to have this launch in the next month. Uh, we're finalizing, <clears throat> finalizing it and validating the data. Um, uh -huh. And I don't know if you remember, but we already launched a diversity dashboard. Um, and we also launched a turnover dashboard that shows all the terminations uh, mm -hmm. throughout the organization and uh, leaders can also do the same filtering. Um, so we're trying to make this dashboard look very similar, uh, but with some different data. Okay. okay. And has the union seen this? I'm just curious about what they think about it. No, they haven't seen it yet. Trust me. Okay. okay. Well, I'm glad uh, the tracking is happening. Um, and in terms of the exit interviews, mm -hmm. uh, where are we on that? Is it 30% participate, 40%? It's about 45 to 50% um, mm -hmm. participate. Um, and, you know, we were talking earlier and we just, we kind <clears throat> of were just talking amongst ourselves that we feel like more people that participate in exit interviews are the ones that have more negative things to say. That when uh -huh. you leave an organization and you have really good things to say, you may just bypass the exit interview. Whereas if you really have something you want to be heard and it it's a complaint and you weren't able to get that heard, that that it's coming through on the exit interviews. So we are kind of looking at them, you know, with a little bit of grain of salt to saying, well, you know, but if we hear the same thing over and over and over about a specific leader, then we're we're going to counsel that leader. We're going to use the HR business partners and labor relations to help counsel that. So we are looking for trends uh, with specific leaders or departments um, that specific incidences are happening, but it's going on over and over again because you know a person could say something negative about their manager, um, and again, it doesn't always make make it true just because they said it. Um, it's their uh, impression of what's been going on. But, but I'm not saying that it isn't true, but we just kind of have to take those uh, with a grain of salt and look at what they're saying and decide if it's something that needs to be investigated. Mm -hmm. yeah. and, and I think for any kind of culture change, perception becomes reality. And so I think that often people don't say when things are going well and they only <laughs> I speak up when th things don't go well. So that's actually really great data for improvement. So I, I, I think negative data can also, is very valuable. Yes. But it's really great though, in a way that it also expresses that uh, when it gives an organizational rating 
that there are some very good things that people are saying too. So it's not all on a negative skew. Oh, for sure. And then I don't know, maybe you know this more, Lorna, but do the shop stewards, the union shop stewards, do they reach out to the new employees? Because sometimes that helps. At least yeah. I, when I was a rank and file, I had to go and say, hey, I'm Louisa, your shop steward. You got any questions, right? Yes, several of our unions um, request information about new onboarding um, employees that are in their bargaining unit, and they mm -hmm. reach out to them either in person or via Zoom to and ensure that they have contact information, know who their shop steward is, get a copy of the contract. And so many of them, I would say a majority of them are very attuned to when new employees start. Okay, great. Okay. Any other questions? <clears throat> yeah, I have a question. Um, it, it was alluded to earlier about um, people leaving because, or, or not maybe leaving, but about um, one of our benefits being tuition reimbursement. And I, uh, when I've been on calls, maybe this is for Lorna, when I've been on calls or um, for, um, yeah, anyway, I, I, it seems like that question comes up maybe once a week on the, um, on the Wednesday call, someone will bring it up. And so um, I'm wondering if that is, just not information that people have or whether it's because we have a younger workforce and people are looking to expand their their um, education or and, and how it's working. What is the participation, I guess? Sure. So I will tell you, it only went live and effective July 1. So a lot of the questions that we get on the chat are people who are enrolled in summer school or who are in school in spring and they want to retroactive the benefit. Um, of course, we didn't account for that in our budget. So the answer was no. We, um, I believe we have four people that have taken, uh, taken advantage of the benefit that have actually done the paperwork to enroll in tuition reimbursement. But we have to remember it's only been live for less than three months. So that is totally normal. Um, they have to enroll in the program and then have a passing score or a passing grade in whatever the classes are to be able to get the reimbursement. Um, I do think that tuition reimbursement reimbursement as a whole is an underutilized benefit for most organizations and ours is new. So I do think we'll get more traction in the spring once it's been established and is in place. Um, but it, so far it's only, we only have four. Mm -hmm. That's great information. Thanks. All right. Well, let's get the unions to like advertise, you know, do some fanfare about it. Right. So yeah. Let's, no. I would agree. I think if we're attempting to use positive reinforcement mm -hmm. as a as a tool that people need to know about it, and also it needs to be easy to use. Otherwise, people are going to start to say it's a fake benefit. It, it is easy to use, and I think that we would uh, welcome partnering with the unions to get the word out there. So, absolutely. Thank you, Lorna and team. This is these are really great. Um, we're ready to move on. Yes. Okay. Uh, I think slide. so. Okay. This is going to be Lorna, I believe. Sure. We just added this slide. As you may recall, this paint came from the quality presentation. Um, I just wanted to re, uh, reestablish that these are our new um, physician and employee staff experience 
um, metrics. And just to, if anybody had any questions on what we're doing, I will highlight the net promoter score for physicians and APPs and net promoter score for staff and administration. That survey is going on as we speak. Um, we did launch the survey a little bit earlier than we anticipated, but we had the opportunity um, to participate in the Warriors um, Employer Night and to score some um, reduced price tickets. And we thought this was a good opportunity to use those um, tickets as maybe a little bit of, um, you know, a, a perk of taking the survey. Um, we've, we've noticed that when we do surveys and there's some kind of raffle or uh, experience that somebody will receive um, in a drawing, it does increase the participation rate. Um, as you know, we did, um, we did a wellness survey not that long ago, and the and the prize was to be able to participate in multi-university, and we got a really good, great turnout. Um, likewise, that's why we launched uh, the both of these, um, the net promoter score survey early. Um, it's still currently open, and we just sent out a reminder today. So I don't know if anybody has any questions about this. I just filled mine out. Thank you, Dr. Paquette. And it said that the intro said over 1,500 have uh, replied already, right? Right. Congratulations, guys. That's that's big work. Yeah. Thank you. To the lucky winner of the Warrior Tickets. Ah, we I had know. many lucky winners. We had many <laughs> lucky winners. <laughs> I think we had a total of 16 so far, and we have one more game left in November. So we're very happy. All right. Sometimes, yep. Sometimes you got to do a little sugar. <laughs> yeah. Positive reinforcements and incentives work. Yeah. yeah. And I, I would say, Lorna, like other members of the ELT team should also be championing this. I know that at the last meeting, some didn't know that the Pulse survey was out. And then uh, it had to be reminded that, hey, I completed it. And people were saying that, you know, yeah, it's it's been out. So every member of the a leadership team in wherever spheres of influence they have should be championing, hey, let's do the net promoter. Yes, thank you. All right. So again, I just thought that this would be a good use to just go over what the staff and physician experience um, metrics are for HR. Um, again, you've probably seen this presentation many times. We are ingraining this in our department. Um, uh, and so there are several of us um, meeting um, with not only the Huron team, but as a group to drill down on our um, initiatives in year one through three and um, to drill down on the metrics and what we're going to be using as measures. So again, health equity, diversity and inclusion um, circles everything we do, staff and clinician contributions, accountability, trust and data. Next slide. Again, um, you know, we want to improve the culture of safety survey results. Um, this is not something that is totally um, within HR's wheelhouse, but we do work very closely um, with our quality leaders. Um, again, these are just some of the items that uh, we're, we are currently underway and working on. In fact, we had a meeting earlier this week to work on our smart sheets and to drill down on the deliverables. So we, um, the strategic out, uh, actions expected outcomes, we're gonna ingrain work standards surrounding equity, diversity, and inclusion in our day-to-day -day operations. Um, I'm gonna be meeting with several of you 
um, to discuss this particular item um, and how we can do a better job of doing this. Um, we have a very lofty goal of 100% participation in anti-racism, structural competency and equity explicit training. Um, and you know, this is something that is not gonna be, uh, it's gonna be a heavy lift, but we're very committed to it. Mm -hmm. uh, likewise, develop leadership academy programs for leaders, but also for staff and physicians as a focus. So um, this is something the OLA team is working on currently um, with, uh, you know, we're going to have more information in the spring, but we are going to do an individual contributor um, leadership academy, as well as trying to do some physician-specific learnings and um, and classes directed to our physician leadership. We're going to increase and encourage devel developmental opportunities available for staff. Um, increase the number of trainings and forums to provide and define participation expectations. Many of you know that um, probably four months ago, we started with HR forums um, for managers and those are once a month. They're on the first Friday of the month at 1 p.m. Um, we've, had, we've had as many as almost 300 um, leaders attend those meetings and, uh, you know, and then we, it kind of ebbs and flows. Some of the meetings may only have 50 people, but we've had overall pretty good turnout. We, in addition, are doing a quarterly all staff um, HR forums. So these are for all employees to come and ask questions. The way that we did it is we ran, um, we ran uh, an email out to all employees and, and gave them the opportunity to ask questions and post them to the HR service center two weeks before the meeting. So even if they couldn't attend the meeting, they could get their question answered. And then we posted the answers probably about 10 days later all of the questions and overall we posted over a hundred questions at our last meeting in August. Great. Um, and let's see, uh, our program overview, um, professional development, many of these things you've heard about me speak to on prior meetings, but we have our leadership academy. We're developing the two new focus groups with physicians and individual contributors, um, career coaching, um, you know, we have growth space. They get five visits with um, executive recruit, recruiter or executive coach, excuse me. And that person in those meetings can help them redo their resume, do an individual development plan, whatever they're looking to do within their career. We've also um, started the tuition reimbursement or program. Um, and again, we're off to a slow start, but we anticipated this and we hope to expand that program. Um, we are in the first cohort of the mentor-mentee program, and this first cohort is leaders um, with managers and above, and um, we've, we're, I think we're about to go into our third meeting. We had our second meeting this week. Um, you know, we have done several things to improve the culture. We've done the emotional intelligence training. We have several DEI trainings. Um, we're going to expand those extensively in the coming months. Um, we also started the affinity groups um, and um, we're doing the net promoter score and uh, employee engagement survey. So many of you have heard in prior years that we've had an, an employee satisfaction survey. Um, the last one was run in 2019. Um, we are running the program again in January, 2023. And part of the reason is many of you will remember um, that Darshan Gruel came and talked about the culture of safety survey and she added some questions to the survey that were specific to employee engagement. 
um, and culture. And um, from that survey, um, one is we, we couldn't extrapolate with specificity the type of data that we wanted to be able to build action plans around it. So we know that we had to go back to um, engaging and using employee satisfaction survey. And so we are planning to do that in January, 2023. Any questions? Yeah, just on um, you know, a few slides back, you know, the goals that you had set up, 100% participation in anti-racism, structural competency that. Um, I just wanna say that's a heavy lift. And uh, it'd be, you know, I think it's a, a visionary aspirational goal, but it is a heavy lift, especially on the anti-racism thing, just, you know, from the experience I've had in terms of working on anti-racism workshops at the SEIU executive board, you know, getting executive board members to go through the workshops, take it back to their local union, have their leadership go through the workshop. It is a heavy lift. And so I hope whoever is gonna be conducting these anti-racism um, workshops uh, will be able to, you know, just will be able to deal with the baggage that people bring with them, whether it's conscious or unconscious, but there's always baggage, right? Thank and be able to address it. Yeah, and Luisa, is this, uh, these are the groundwater trainings, uh, Lona, that National Equity Institute is doing, uh, because I mean, our ambulatory, they have like 90, 100, like I think all chairs are, you know, a large percentage of folks have done it, but like there is a large swap that's not done. And I, right now I'm um, at the patient safety conference in LA with a lot of um, operational leaders, Darshan and others. And we were saying if we can go for patient safety for two days, these are these DEI trainings are two day trainings, a lot of baggage, very hard, but you know, an important part of uh, in a year for folks to be doing it, just making it mandatory, I think would help us to get to like a shared space. Right. And then, and then in terms of culture change, it's one thing to go through the workshops. It's another thing to implement what you've learned at the workshops, right? So that's, you know, anti-racism is ingrained in our culture. And that is tough to do because a lot of people are used to, okay, I'll go to that workshop and they check the box off. But it's actually implementing, you know, that is really tough and calling people on it. Practice is everything. Yeah. No, I agree. And I know that we have a lofty goal. And so to answer your question, we're going to be using those trainings, Mm -hmm. um, Trustee Banerjee, along with... um, other trainings that we're developing in concert in Olay and with other leaders within Olay. Um, and there, I, you said 1900, I wasn't aware that that was a score because I do know that outside of ambulatory, they opened up the, those training workshops um, to several leaders and other divisions. In fact, I was a recipient of that training as well. 95, I thought, but you have such amazing trainers with Arlene and all of the, the it's a mm-hmm. constant work, so good. Good job with your team. Thank you. I do appreciate the the aspirational goals, the 100% goals. Mm -hmm. And uh, I know that this is 
encapsulating and encircling our strategic plan. And there is a large investment system-wide into making sure that the strategic plan is implemented, uh, or there's a proposal for a large investment system-wide to make sure the strategic plan is fully implemented. Um, and we talked about it in our uh, well-attended board retreat on Friday. That's being facetious, it was not well-attended, but <laughs> we did discuss it in the board retreat and uh, there will be some suggestions coming back. And I don't know how to guide folks that I'm talking with in the equity space about how to make a formal proposal or if there even is an RFP process for equity or the strategic plan implementation writ large. Uh, but I would like to be able to advise folks that I'm talking about in the equity space because I agree we should absolutely have 100% uh, mm -hmm. engagement in equity because we're talking about equity being the cornerstone of our strategic plan. So I would love to know what the process is that I should be advising people and counseling folks on so that we can truly engage in, in the beginning of this. So I don't have the answer for you at, right at this moment, Trustee Esteen, but I will um, speak to um, Huron and to Mr. Jackson about um, how we plan to go about um, you know, purviewing potential partners. Um, and I will get back to you about that as well, because I do think that that it will be a key to our, um, our success really, to be honest with you, not only that, but, um, also garnering whether we, um, are ready, right? Like a readiness culture safety assessment as well. And then one more, one last thing, um, Lorna, before we move on, but also think about how we can use these trainings to also develop folks like, you know, a frontline staff who goes through this training and is able to help conduct those workshops, right? And just see it as professional development. So that's something to think about later because it, it could be a draw for people, right? To get that kind of training. Like how do we conduct these workshops, anti-racist workshop trainings? Of course, with coaching, but it's always um, good for line staff to see somebody who's also a line staff person who's helping conduct the anti-racist um, workshops and the other workshops. But something to think about in the future. Sure. I will tell you that we commonly, when we do a, a new training initiative, like with the Just Culture Initiative, we uh -huh. reach out to the shop stewards and ask if anybody... Um, within the realm of shop stewards, or do they have anybody they would recommend to go through the more in-depth training to kind of be the subject matter expert for their area? So that's uh -huh. kind of been a frequent thing that we've done in the last year. So we do reach out to our union partners and to um, you know our staff, usually in those forms, either by the union um, or you know another good group that we're going to be able to access is the affinity groups. Um, you know, the yeah. several affinity group members want to be involved with Hetty and um, would love to be involved in initiatives of this nature. So, yes. Okay. All right. So, uh, moving on, I'm, I'm going to try to speed this up a little bit, but I'm, I'm sorry. Thank you. Hello. Trustee Blue. Hi, Trustee yeah. Blue. Um, I had my hand up on this subject matter. Oh, hey, Jeanette. 
Hi, if I could do a, a follow up with a quick comment related to Trustee Esteen and your comments and Trustee Banerjee's comments related to equity uh, and local diverse, uh, a local diverse firm. We did take to heart, Mr. Jackson and I, the conversation we had during the retreat and we have gathered uh, some firms that were referred to us by, uh, by yourselves, by other trustees and other professionals. And we have uh, circulated those to uh, Huron and we are gonna come back and address those issues and questions specifically in the very near future. Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, I almost said trustee Donk, uh, <laughs> officer Dong. Uh, because I, I know that one of the things that we've talked about, uh, Trustee Banerjee has raised many times, is that the oftentimes we uh, have people of color carrying the burden of this equity work, and mm -hmm. also recognizing the the impetus to mm -hmm. implement the strategic plan in a meaningful way, and the investment that it will take. We don't want this to be volunteer work for people to do in addition to their full time work. We want mm -hmm. folks to be dedicated to this in a meaningful mm -hmm. way. I absolutely agree. Thank you, Trustee. All right, moving on. Okay, so this, I'm gonna go really fast since I'm on a timeline. So this is just an overview of Leadership Academy. These are the areas in which we teach and this is when we run the cohorts, as you can see. These are the courses that are outlined in the Leadership Academy. Um, oh, sorry. Or too fast. No, you're good. Okay. So, yeah, this these are some of the trainings or the outlines of the um, of the skill days, as you can see. Next slide. Thank you. And then uh, this is our career coaching platform. We got excellent feedback. Um, I think we have like 97 positive feedback on Growth Space, um, and it's coach and employee. They give career and executive coaching. We had 50 people go through the program. We're about to launch our next cohort. It begins in February 2023. Next. And again, we already covered this, but this is tuition reimbursement. Um, and this is, um, you know, the criteria. Next slide. Thank you. And um, at your behest, and also from our leadership meeting, we expanded who could participate in the program and added um, associate's degree. Um, and uh, we also delved into how much we would give for each program. We expanded the the amount of the reimbursement. Next slide. Um, and so this is our mentorship program. We're in the, we're in the thrust of our first cohort. Um, we have seven mentees and mentors. Several, several of our executive leaders are um, participating in being men mentors. The next uh, cohort is Q4. Um, yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Um, so this is our divisions and teams, um, our OLA overview. Um, they, they have several different um, uh, offerings for our, leader, our leaders. Um, we do meeting planning. They also do um, uh, assessments for departments. We're currently involved in two different areas doing assessments of the overall team for um, you know, teamwork, um, cohesiveness, um, all of the different elements that you need for effective team. They also give executive and career coaching and individual career planning. Next slide. I will add one thing that's not on here and that is that um, Olay is also um, starting to work 
on their workforce development plan for internal employees and expanding the offerings that we provide to employees internally um, to a lesser extent than maybe like um, what we do through Health Path, but offering almost like a program, something like that is what we're contemplating. We haven't fully baked this idea yet, but we'll be coming back to you in future months um, with our ideas. Um, these are some of the trainings that we've been doing, racial justice implicit bias trainings. Um, they're done on all different areas as far as, you know, via Zoom, in-person, e-learning modules. Um, we now have um, our, Asian Pacific Islander group, affinity group has launched and they've had uh, one meeting last month and the, all of these groups have um, monthly meetings. Um, and we also had um, you know, emotional intelligence training throughout the system by DB Bedford. Next slide. Okay, and these are the 2023 offerings. So the leadership development program, uh, new skill labs, elective courses for leaders, career coaching, tuition reimbursement, mentor program, um, intern pilot program, um, and additional um, diversity, inclusion, and belonging training. Um, I will also say that um, our people operations team, which is um, composed of our um, HR business partners and uh, labor relations consultants also do several trainings via Zoom and in person. Um, they have a, a they do uh, managing in a union environment, uh, investigation skills for managers, and also uh, bullying and incivility class that we've done throughout the whole system. Next slide. So these are the opportunities I already kind of went through. So next slide. So this is just, uh, just an overview really quickly of the net promoter score. Um, I am not the resident expert to explain the net promoter score. I'm quickly becoming one, um, but it's how likely you would recommend Alameda Health System as a care provider to a friend or colleague and how likely it is you would recommend Alameda Health System as an employer to a friend or colleague. Next slide. So the um, calculation is total responses with a rate nine or 10, which makes you a promoter, minus total responses with a rating of zero to six, which makes you uh, a detractor. Um, and that equals your net promoter score. Um, we don't include ratings of seven and eight. Um, so as you can see, next slide. So far, our response rate is 22% of our overall um, employees. This includes EBMG. And, and all of our employees, so over 5,000 employees. Um, we did get about 50 additional responses since we ran this number, but it did not change us to 23%. Um, so basically our um, recommend as a care provider, we got a net negative nine, which is uh, anything below a zero is not positive and recommend us as an employer, we're at a nine. I do wanna just say that this is, um, this percentage rate of response rate does not give us a really full picture of our overall score. That's why we're leaving the Pulse survey open because we need a bigger sample. Mm -hmm. Right. So that's and, what it looks like. Yes, next slide. So this is just going into detail. I don't know. There, yeah. I, I can give you a little bit of overview. So detractors zero to six, that means unhappy campers. And they do a lot of damage to the reputation of the organization. Seven to eight, they're passive. Uh, they're kind of satisfied with being here, but 
you know, they are vulnerable and could be a flight risk. That's why we kind of don't count them because they're just okay. Uh, nine to 10, they're promoters and they're pretty much loyalists and they stay and promote uh, the organization. So that's how the uh, scale is done for a net promoter. Can you explain how that, go back two slides if you don't mind, sorry. Okay. Not, how do we get a negative nine? I don't understand negative nine because it's, it's a variable zero, zero to nine. Zero, sorry, zero to 10. So how do we get negative nine? If they score zero to six, it calculates as a negative score. Right. Um, see, a minus total response with a rating of zero to six. Um, the resident expert, um, Trustee Bouquet, um, was unable to be here today because she has become just an expert on this survey and this yeah. <laughs> and running this. So I apologize. None of no, us. No, it's okay. I, I've been a pseudo fan of this promoter score for a little while. So I think that number would probably come out to like a three or four, which would put them into the detractor period. But we shouldn't get a negative nine based on these are all positive integers. So they shouldn't be negative. And I'll, and I'll shut up now, but uh, we can talk about that later. These are all positive scores, so it shouldn't come down to a negative score. That's why I don't understand about the negative nine. But if they're detractors, then how will they be positive? Well, I mean, well, if, if a, a detractor would give a score of three. Yeah, but the fact that... Um, so, if, so, so we would take those numbers and we divide them by a denominator and you might get a whole bunch of threes, but their score would be like a, you know, your their total score would be a positive integer, not a negative integer, unless unless that's unless that's a percentage. You subtract the 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 bad scores. I'll stop nerding out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I was gonna say let's wait till the expert. Yeah, let's wait till Arlene comes back. Right, right, and I will say that we are using a template survey so that we, we knew that it was sound and foolproof um, because this is a new survey for our team. Um, and so um, I'd be happy to give more information. And that concludes our presentation because I know we are trying, we have a closed session. Okay. Any other last questions before we move into closed session? I, I just want to say that uh, I'm su not surprised, but pleased with the data gathering now and the fact that people, it's easy to read, right? And that we're drilling down exactly to like, is there a problem with a particular manager? What is it about this unit that people, we see more people leaving out of that unit? Because that'll, uh, that'll give us a lot of information. And then it'll also help managers right, know that this is what people feel. What can we do to help you, right, to be successful? You know? And then partnering with our labor folks would be good too, right, because they'll hear it all. The labor organizers will hear all of it, right? And so there's gotta be a way that um, they can share that. And I think that's happening now, because I know Lorna and at least NATO Green, you guys meet on a pretty regular basis now. Right. Well, we used to meet at a regular basis, um, but now uh, we just we just talk and text on a regular oh. basis. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's good. That's, That's good. good. That's good. Okay. Anything else? 
Okay, so where's Ahmad? I think we go into closed session. So, Trustee Blue, you can adjourn this meeting. Lorna, you're, you're going to be staying with us. Uh, okay. Blue, adjourn this meeting, and then Chair Bupat will take over for the full board meeting. And do we have to go back after this full board meeting? Do we go back and announce to the public? No. Yeah. So okay. The, the HR committee meeting, you're going to adjourn it now. And okay. Then, and Chair Bouquet's going to start the regular board meeting. Then we go to closed session, we come out of closed, and we make. Okay. All righty. All right. Take it away, Taft.
Council, I think recording is back in progress. Yeah. Uh, we've returned from closed session. Council? The board met in closed session and took no reportable action. Thank you, everyone. Uh, this closes the uh, special board of trustees meeting for Wednesday, October 19th. Everyone have a great evening. Thank you. Thank you.